Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the true story of a New York City boy with big town hopes and small neighborhood dreams of becoming BFFs with the Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities. Then, one day, that dream actually came true. Let me take you behind the velvet rope. Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined right off basically the heels of the end of this season of Real Housewives at Potomac, the one and only Miss Wendy Osefo. How are you? Yay! I am so great, David. How are you? Welcome. What are you up to today? Um, what am I up to today? Just living life. No, I have a few like political segments I have to do after I chat with you. But other than that, you know, be mommy, being wife. <laughs> well, I'm glad you could fit us in between political segments and mommy and wife. <laughs> no, of course. So you're like full time. So you're able to do your job. Like it's just all over Zoom, right? Like you're still fully active in the political yeah. sector. Yeah. Yes, it has been like a hidden gift because like now I don't have to travel like into the studio. I can like just stay in the house and do everything I need to do. Same here. And like, isn't it crazy how we all adjusted and like, I know like it's great working at home, right? It's insane. Yeah, it has been. And like hats off to all of the parents who are doing like homeschooling with their kids because I know in the beginning, we all thought that was going to kill us. But look at us now. Like, we're almost at Christmas break. We made it. Our kids made it. So I think everyone has just really been able to adapt. And it's been amazing. Yeah, I don't have children. But for all my friends who do, the homeschooling thing in the beginning, I heard, was not the easiest. Brutal. Brutal. That's what I heard. Oh, my God. Brutal. So you just now split your day talking to people like myself doing homeschooling and doing the political thing. Absolutely. Like, I feel like I need, like, a certification or something because I've been homeschooling my second grader and kindergartner. So how are the kids and how is Eddie doing? Uh, The kids are great. Everyone is growing. It's so funny to watch Potomac and then to look 
over my shoulder and see the kids. Like a year really makes a difference for kids in their development. Like Cameron, I saw like one of the recent episodes I was holding her and she was probably from my collarbone to like above like my breastbone. And she was just so tiny. And now she's like running around the house, terrorizing her brothers. Like she's running, she's walking, she's like jumping, she's talking. And it's just been really interesting. But the family's well, Eddie's great. He's doing good. He's downstairs working in the office. So everyone is good. Is that one of the best things of like being on Potomac that, you know, it's like home movies for your family, like putting all the other stuff aside, like you have these great home movies now, right? It really is. It really is. And it has been super cool, especially from the family side. Like the kids have been like enjoying watching themselves on TV and laughing at their own antics. And it's like me even showing them, look, look at how you're behaving. And then they're laughing at themselves. So it has been super fun. What about now, speaking of Cameron, we have Cameron, Cruz, and Carter. I mean, do you secretly want to be like Mm -hmm. Khloe or Kim Kardashian? And there's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) No, it's so funny you say that. So, of course, Eddie's name starts with the E. My name starts with the W. But we're really cheesy. So I'm going to tell you the reason their names start with a K. Okay. Um, Because... K is, the letter K is the 11th letter in the alphabet. And 11 is one plus one, like Eddie and Wendy equals each other. So K is like uh, us. I like that. (laughs) We're so cheesy. (laughs) Well, it's very romantic. (laughs) Did you ever think though, like, oh, people are going to think that this is a Kardashian thing? Or is it just my sick mind that goes there? Oh my God, I never thought that. But now that I have entered the fray of the reality TV world, I mean, it all makes sense, right? Like they're like the most famous family in reality TV. So it makes total sense. Well, your your version is much more romantic than the backstory that I made up for you. <laughs> oh, you're so funny. So how was your, you know, before, before we get into your freshman year and all that, I like to start at the beginning since this is your first time behind the velvet rope. So let's go back to the beginning. Let's talk. So you were born in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. I was. And what was, so. Born in Nigeria, came over when I was, you know, a little bit. Do you have like, do you have like, cause I, I really can't remember a lot of things about my childhood. Like, do you have like vivid memories of like growing up in Nigeria before you moved over here? No, I, that's a great question. I don't, I don't have those memories, but you know, I was able to travel back like in later years. So I still have those memories. Like I remember going back there and I remember how amazing the food was getting off the plane. So we were able to travel back there. So I have those memories. That's good. I have been to every single continent and I'm not just saying this. Africa is by far my favorite continent that I've ever been to. It's really, Oh, that's awesome. Where did you go? Where did I you went go like Africa? just to like South Africa, Zimbabwe, mm. Zambia, mm. Botswana. So like all mm. in the South. And then, I mean, I was planning to go back this year, but I mean, look what happened. I know. So. I know. But I thought, yeah. like, the food was great, the people were great, and, like, the animals, mm. the animals were just, like, seeing the animals, <laughs> like, in their natural habitat is so interesting. Oh, that's so interesting. Excuse me, sorry. Um, that's so interesting because I feel like, thank you, sweets, I feel like in Nigeria, we don't have, like, 
and I and this could just be where I'm from, but I don't think we have like that safari like wildlife. Right. So Eddie and I actually wanted to go to like Zimbabwe and Zambia. It's so interesting you say that because we wanted to get a feel of the show The Crown. And yeah. in season one, it's like she goes on a safari and she stays in this place and the giraffes come. And I'm like, I really want to do this. It really is like that. Like you could be brushing your teeth and like you could just literally have like a giraffe like walk by or like oh stick its head. God. Yeah. I would love that. And it's not that. like it's not like you have a lion in your bed. Like it's not scary. <laughs> it's nothing like that. But you know, you you get close to the animals like when you go on safari. I mean, and then of course you come home and like five weeks later oh, you, I love it. Well, when I went like before and after I went, you read of all these things that have happened to other people. And like, you're still not scared when you're there. But like, when I came home, like two weeks later, uh-huh. it was like all these people and like the reliance and just, I mean, really anything could go wrong on a safari. <laughs> but it's I worth, never knew that. It's totally worth um, you guys going. Oh my God. Okay, no, I know. Don't read the headlines yeah. before I go. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> so when did you, so your parents moved to the States way back when when you were young mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and do they move right to the dmv area like was this really where you grew up like where you are now yeah that's interesting um so you know my older sister was actually born here um when i say here i mean the united states so it's not like the traditional like oh we all just come over on a boat no you know like no, we flew over. Um, they came here before my sister and I were born. My sister was born here. And then, you know, I was, you know, I was born in Nigeria, but um, I went to high school in the DMV. So I consider Maryland to be my home. Eddie also went to, you know, school in Maryland. Um, so I consider Maryland my home, even though I have lived other places. But, you know, Maryland is definitely a place that I consider home because I've been here the longest and I started my family here as well. So Maryland is home for me. And what was childhood like? Were you always geared towards like getting a lot of degrees? Were you always studious? Like what type of child (laughs) were you? This is such a great question. No, I wasn't. Like anyone who knows me as a child is so impressed at the fact that I ended up getting all these degrees because I was the problem child. I, I... I was a problem child in the sense of like, I remember my mom will tell the story. I came home one day from school and I set her down and said, mom, I know what I want to be. I've thought about this. I've prayed on it and I have decided what I want to be. She was so excited. She located my child. What do you want to be? And I said, I want to be a clown. And I was so serious. I wanted to be a clown with a big red nose. And um, I say that to say, I did not think that my life would evolve into getting all of these degrees. Um, Part of being Nigerian, it just comes with the course, meaning, you know, your parents, when you're born, they tell you, you know, you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer or something like that. And so, you know, I knew in the back of my head that that was probably where my destiny was going to be, but I didn't know how I was going to achieve it. So, my childhood was interesting. My sister was the academic one. I was the athletic one. Like I played all the sports and I was amazingly good at all of the sports I played. So was your mother like, what the hell are you talking about when you said you wanted to be a clown? Was she like, uh, we, we need to have a serious talk? Uh, no, she 
laughed so hard. I think that her laughter still rings in my head, but it wasn't a laugh like laughing at you. It was like, now that I'm a mom, it was a laugh like, oh my God, kids say the darndest things laugh. And we just had like a belly laugh. And I realized in that moment, I was like, maybe I didn't rethink this, but she laughed. And when she was done laughing, she said, okay, babe, if you want to be a clown, that's fine. But clearly I didn't become a clown, but I was so serious. I wanted to be a clown really bad. (laughs) <laughs> but it really was like you're a doctor or a lawyer or you're going to get some advanced yeah. degrees. Yeah, I think that, you know, a lot of my friends when we were in high school, they would have the conversation of, you know, what am I going to do after high school? You know, am I going to go college? Am I not going to go college? And in my household and Nigerian household is never if is what college are you going to go to? Um, my sister knew what college she was going to go to since she was in elementary school. And that was just her, like that's always been her thing. You know, she she knew her college, she knew where she was gonna go. She only applied to one college, early decision, she got in because duh, why wouldn't she? She's like amazing. She's a surgeon now, by the way. Um, so it just all worked out. And so that's just Nigerian upbringing. It's not a Wendy thing. I think that's what a lot of people may think after watching the episode if you don't know Nigerians right like you may think oh this is Wendy this is Wendy talking about her degrees no this is a Nigerian cultural thing Um, I know many Nigerians with several degrees I'm not necessarily an anomaly it's just reflective of our culture and that's just what it is like I said my sister's a surgeon my sister is married to an attorney I'm a professor. I'm married to an attorney. Like it just is what it is. It's just how we, it's just how we consider um, ourselves being a part of society is advanced degrees and these professional careers. I get it. Well, I'm Jewish and I am a lawyer. I don't practice law, but when I was young, my parents were like, you can go to law school or you can go to med school. And other than that, we're not really interested in go. paying for any college. So. <laughs> You could either go find your own job and pay for your own college, you'll go to law school or med school. And I'm like, hey guys, I need to tell you about something which has made my life so much easier. It's called HelloFresh. And with HelloFresh, you get pre-measured ingredients and amazing mouth-watering recipes delivered right to your front door. It's that simple. You get a recipe and everything you need for that recipe is delivered along with that recipe and it's pre-measured. So it takes the stress and the thought and the planning of meals and it throws it out the window. Everything you need, you get from HelloFresh. You just follow the recipe and voila, you have a meal on your table in no more than 30 minutes. Some meals take a lot less even to prepare. And what I love about it is, anyone that knows me knows I hate going to the grocery store. This eliminates all those trips to the grocery store. So home cooking, which I used to dread, is now for me fun and easy, and it's affordable. You get a minimum of 23 recipes a week. And the thing is the recipes, and everyone who knows me also knows that I have a very short attention span. The recipes are a huge variety of flavors and ingredients and cuisines. So last night, I didn't know what to make. I made the chicken tikka marsala. And the night before, I had the pork carnita tacos. So literally, you're eating Mexican one night, Indian the next night. You could literally have different meals and cuisines every single night. It's amazing. This has changed my life. You guys really have to try this. So here's the thing. Because you're listening to this podcast, you can go to hellofresh.com slash 10velvet 
and use the code 10velvet for 10 free meals. Let me just repeat that. 10 free meals, including free shipping. So that's right. Because you're listening, go to hellofresh.com. That's hellofresh.com slash 10velvet. Hellofresh.com slash 10velvet. Then use the code 10velvet. That's it. You will get 10 free meals. I can't even believe I'm saying that. Plus free shipping. You guys have to try this. I guarantee you're going to love the food. It's so easy. We're all so busy these days. This will this will be a game changer. Listen, don't take my word for it. It's America's number one meal kit. So you don't get to be America's number one meal kit unless you're doing something right. HelloFresh.com slash 10Velvet. Use code 10Velvet for 10 free meals, including free shipping. And DM me after you try it and let me know if this really is a game changer as much for you as it has been for me. Like I took a course where I tried to dissect a frog and I'm like, I'm going to choose law school. Thank you. And then, and now here I am, but I did practice law for a while. So I I get it. I I get it. So yes. And at least your mother was supportive and laughed at you when you said you wanted to be a clown. My parents would have like locked me out of the house to teach me (laughs) what, what the world was all about. So, but oh, god, that's funny. <laughs> so, you have all your degrees you have your BA um, and poli sci from Temple, your MA in government from Johns Hopkins, your PhD in Rutgers. I found this very, I found this to be shocking. So, when you received your PhD from Rutgers in 2016 in public affairs and community development, you were the first black woman at that college to receive that degree. Yes. And that was like yes. 2016, which I thought that was a shocking statistic. <laughs> like that's like yesterday. Yes, I, I yeah. <laughs> wow. I I was I was I was, and um, hopefully, um, uh, I hope and I pray that there have been others behind me. You know, it's not. I always say it's not about being the first, but making sure you're not the last. So hopefully, there has been many more after me. So that must have made your mother proud. Honestly, I don't even think she knows that. <laughs> really? No. I think These were just the facts. Well, like when I read that, I was like, degree. <laughs> when I read it, I was just like, wait, 2016? Like that was a, like yesterday. So <laughs> out of everything you do, is there one part of like the professional working world you like the best? Like you're a political commentator, an analyst, professor, like. What is there? Mm-hmm. Some, I mean, you've kind of done it all. I mean, do you mm-hmm. like one part of what you do better than another? It's not necessarily one part, but I would say one, one, um, one f- functionality, and that's just the ability to serve in a sense in like a mentorship capacity, because I really never had that. You know, I never had that um, in my career. I never had a mentor and it's something that I feel like I missed out on. So just, you know, being able to speak with my students about what they want to do in their careers and then helping them to get to that point or speaking with people who want to get into the commentary field and just being able to share like everything I've learned along the way has been something that I personally love to do and enjoy to do because, you know, when you miss out on something growing up, then you want to make sure that others don't miss out on it. So I love the ability to give back. 
That's good. So you're doing all this, you're living in the DMV area. So season one of The Real Housewives of Potomac, which you weren't a part of, like, were you aware that this show was going on? Like, did you watch reality TV way back when, like, did you hear the buzz? Like, we're getting a Housewives that's coming to our backyard. I watched reality TV way back. I didn't. It's so funny you say that. I watched reality TV, but I didn't watch season one of Potomac. Um, I don't know why, though. I think it was probably because I was, like, really in the fray of my schooling. I'll admit it. As important as it is for me to eat healthy and put the right nutrients into my body and hydrate, I'm really not great at it. I'm always on the go. I'm never making that a priority, and I'm always hungry. This was a real problem until I discovered 310 Nutrition. I love 310 Nutrition's water hydrators. You just add them to water, and they make your water taste so much better. They also have refreshing lemonade mixes. My personal favorite, they're all-in-one shakes. I love their caramel sundae, their vanilla cake, the shamrock cream. I drink one of these shakes and it totally satisfies my hunger. They're low in fat and low carbs, which I love. They also satisfy my carb craving. But don't take my word for it. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code VELVETROPE and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 off your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and it's easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code VELVETROPE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code VELVETROPE. If I'm not mistaken, I didn't watch it, but I did watch parts of DC when they had the DC franchise, and I thought that was really interesting. Um, but no, no, I, I didn't. I didn't watch it. But I once I was cast on the show, I binge watched season four, and yesterday actually, um, I watched for the first time. Uh, two episodes of season three. Mm-hmm. So I'm just getting caught up. I know that sounds so backwards. You should probably, no. And my husband told me, you probably should have done all, my husband was like, you probably should have done all these things before you joined the show. But uh, here I am. I'm just on it now. Did you know any of the DC housewives like Kat or like Linda or Mary or any of them? I did not know any of them. No, I did not. And at the time I was watching, I was like, this is really fascinating, especially all I keep on remembering is, um, what they called the Salahis? What were their names? Salahis. The ones that, Salahis, yeah. yeah. I, I remember them like going to the um, White House dinner, state dinner. Yeah. And now just know what I know. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe they did that. <laughs> Well, that's the whole reason the show didn't come back for a second season. Because, like, that whole thing, like, was a whole investigation. Really? By, like, the FBI and, like, Bravo was involved. And it was, like, a whole... Like, Bravo didn't do anything wrong. But it was just a whole thing that, like, shut down production. It was, like, bigger than the show. It was, like, we have a real issue. Holy crap. I mean, it makes sense. That's national security. I think it was during the... Was it the Obama administration? Yeah. Oh yeah, they, they're, they're not playing because it's high security for him. He had so much stuff and I, 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 I can only. Imagine. Yeah, and like That's doing crazy. what you do and knowing what you know, it's just like, how did this even happen? How did that happen? And I think that the person that was the, their, um, God, her name's on the tip of my tongue. Their secretary or whatever who helps with like external affairs 
it's a black woman. I do not know her name, but I believe that that was part of the reason that she lost her job. Oh, wow. So it, so it was really deep. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. What other, I mean, it doesn't have to be Bravo, but like way back, what other reality shows did you watch? Like what type of shows? Oh, I love the Kardashians. Like I remember that used to be my thing. Like the early season, like like my husband and I used to watch that. I love the Kardashians. Um, I also, you know, back, back, back in the day, uh, I started with reality TV with um, the real world. Mm-hmm. I I watched almost, um, not all of them, but I remember certain cities that I liked of the real world. I love that. And uh, Bravo related, I'm an old school Jersey fan. Like, I like old school Jersey. Mm-hmm. Have you heard from like, so now that you're a housewife, like, have you heard from anyone like the housewives, like Jersey, or has anyone reached out to you to say like, great first season or anything like that? Um, yes, I have had a few housewives. Um, I have spoken to a few housewives and they have given me nothing but encouragement. And it just means the world to me, especially since these are people who, to me, I consider them, you know, OGs, like they're seasoned in the game. And, you know, here I am my first season and, you know, just for you to reach out, it it just has been Before we continue this conversation, I just want to say that 2020 has certainly been a year. And at the beginning of quarantine, there was a lot getting in the way of my happiness and achieving my goals. And I turned to BetterHelp, which is online professional counseling. And it really helped me not only achieve happiness during this time, but really achieve my goals. Behind the Velvet Rope went from two times a week to four times a week, and I wrote a book, the Behind the Velvet Rope book. So for anyone that feels that things are getting in the way of their happiness and achieving their goals, I strongly recommend BetterHelp. You don't even have to leave your house. It is online professional counseling. And what I love about it is you can start communicating with them within 24 hours of signing up. Anyone that knows me knows that if you don't get back to me, that is a huge pet peeve of mine. These counselors get back to you in a very timely manner, and you're really matched with a counselor that fits your needs. If you get a counselor that you don't like, you can just request another counselor. Everything, of course, is confidential. They deal with a variety of issues, depression, stress, anxiety, sleep. We're all having trouble sleeping during this. Trauma, anger, family conflicts, self-esteem, grief, LGBTQIA issues, And I have to say, it is actually more affordable than traditional online counseling, and financial aid is available for anyone that cannot afford it. So they're growing so rapidly, and so many people are turning to BetterHelp for help that they're looking for additional counselors in all 50 states. Go to BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com, slash Velvet Rope betterhelp.com slash velvet rope and you get 10% off your first month. Join over 1 million people today taking charge of their mental health. You're not alone. If you need help, this is a great solution. Betterhelp.com slash velvet rope and get 10% off your first month. And the greatest joy is it's really amazing. Yeah. Who, like, in particular, like, or someone's reached out and you're like, oh, my God, like, that's 
Teresa Judice or whoever, like has someone reached out? Really you know, let me tell you, uh, I, I'm a lot, not a lot of them. I've had several that I have talked to, but one that really is like a touches me um, is Kenya, Kenya more from, from Atlanta because Kenya to me is that girl. Like she is that girl. And um, she just gave me some great advice and why I love Kenya is because growing up outside of housewives, I looked up to Kenya and, and, and why I say that is Kenya was in the era where for me, I, I watched a lot of music videos and I'm a brown skin girl. And a lot of the music videos didn't have people who looked like me, but I always remember this one beautiful girl with this beautiful chocolate complexion. And I'm like, gosh, she's so beautiful. And it made me say, oh, okay, there's someone that looks like me on the TV. And it was Kenya Moore. And so to now see her in Housewives and then to just love her, but then to see her give me words of wisdom, it's like a full circle moment for me because I absolutely adored her outside of the Housewives realm, looked up to her, admired her, thought she's so beautiful, this chocolate beauty, chocolate Barbie doll. And now she's telling me, you know, keep doing what you're doing. And I'm like, oh gosh, you're amazing. Like, I love you. So that meant a lot to me. It meant, and what she said, and I even said this to her, this means a lot, but it means so much coming from you because I respect her. And yeah, so my hat's off to her. Kenya's a good one. She's, she's a good one. She's a great housewife too. That's why I heard, you know, you guys are housewives people. And what I'm realizing is housewives is like, I'm going to say this from being a professor. It's like, it's, it's, there's an, there's a philosophy to it. It's not just about watching housewives, but it's about realizing that a good housewife has different dynamics. And so you just making that comment just resonated in me because I'm like, I can tell people who watch housewives and people who understand it. Like, like, I say that to say there's people who can say, well, you may think that this person or that person is a villain, but when you step back, she is a good housewife, if that makes sense. Totally. And like doing what I do, you can say things like, she's not going to last too long. She's going to maybe, you know, you're not always right, but you can start to see the patterns of like, Mm. who's going to be around for a while or who just is not having such a good, you know, it's not easy. Like you're in over your, like whoever, you could just see things. It's like a psychology. It's like a, it's like a sociological experiment. Like once you study it, you just know what you're looking for. And I need to understand it because I don't understand it, but I've heard so many people say that and I'm starting to understand, like there are certain people who I look to like, and I'm like, wait, they have like an understanding. They have their, their pulse on this housewife thing. It's not about whether the fans necessarily like them. It's not about fanfare. It's about a characteristic with the person. And you can say, no, this person is a good housewife. But the fact that you don't understand it is almost mm-hmm. a great thing because you mm-hmm. are completely authentic mm-hmm. then in your first season and you don't mm-hmm. understand it yet. So that means you'll come back and you'll be completely authentic in your second season too. Because there is a mm-hmm. fine line. I think when people okay. understand it too much, but- like then you almost but- like, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, she's trying too hard. But that's like way down the line. And, I- and that's another thing. And I... 
I feel like there's some people who I'm like, I feel like you're playing to the audience. Like, I feel like, you know, I don't know. It's just so much. Okay. Okay. I'm fascinated by stuff like this. I am a history buff outside of all this. Like, I love stuff like that. So for me, not just being a housewife, I love understanding characteristics and psychology and, and the ebbs and flows of things. This is, do you watch any other housewives? Like you went back and watched season four of Potomac. Like, did you watch any other seasons or like, you don't have to, but like, do you watch any housewives now? I mean, you're busy, so you don't have to. So, no, no. So I watched Beverly Hills because I watched, I watched New York and Beverly Hills. And the reason, and it's not because I need a reason, but the reason it sticks out to my head is because we filmed Potomac a year ago. And since I was not versed in Housewives, I watched the the shows that came on right after we wrapped. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I was like, okay, so I'm watching it and I'm, and I'm like, oh, I wish I would have known. That's my only thing is I wish I would have watched more shows before I, I joined because I completely came in and I was just like, this is who I am. This is what I am. But I'm realizing that there's dynamics here. Like there's, there's history here. Like things, there's things at play here. Well, and you didn't know any of the girls, really. You knew Candace a little bit before you started, but nobody mm-hmm. else, right? Technically. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think? So let's just take New York for a minute. So you watch New York. There's lots of mm-hmm. women that mm-hmm. are drinking. I mean, I, I live in New York City. So you watch New York. There's lots of martinis and drinks. And, you know, I would say mm-hmm. it's a cast that likes to get drunk. And then you have Dorinda, who was like a little, <laughs> were you, so as you watch New York, were you like, holy shit, like what is going on here? <laughs> I was like, this is a lot. Like there is a lot going on here. But again, I feel like everything comes with history. And then the season I watched New York, I see that like someone leaves mid-season, like Tinsley left mid-season. I'm like, wait, what's going on? And and then like, you know, it just changed a little bit. And then I watched Beverly Hills and then I see everyone going against, you know, um, not Brandy, Denise. but I forgot. Denise. Denise. And everyone's like, yeah, going against Denise. And I'm like, okay, so is this, is there like a rhythm and flow to this? Like, was it Denise this season and last season? Was it someone else? I, I was just trying to pay attention or has it always been Denise? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> were you shocked at just how different, like you filmed Potomac, you were in it and how different like New York was and Beverly Hills, just like these shows are just, they're all different. They all have their own element. They're all different. They all have their own element. I feel like it speaks to, certain personality traits right like I think that each and that's a good thing like even now with Salt Lake City I feel like that speaks to you know a a certain demographic and what's interesting about Salt Lake to me and you're a housewife aficionado so I could be wrong I feel like so I feel like when people were hearing that they were going to do something in Salt Lake people like Salt Lake like you know it's not like a major metropolitan city that you think of but I feel like they occupy their own unique universe. It's, it's like yeah. really interesting because they're not like any other franchise. And that's interesting. Yeah. And the fact that religion is so prevalent, like in that community, like how many people really live somewhere mm-hmm. in the world where it's religion is like in the kind of the forefront of almost everything. Right. 
or everyone that you meet, whether you're religious or not, it's part of the show. So I think that's kind of interesting. So having really just your authentic self and you get cast in this show. So how did you get cast? Like, did someone suggest you or did they find you? Like, how did you get involved with this? It's so interesting. Um, Well, like you said, like I, I know Candace. And so when I was to do the show I was like okay even though I don't have relationships with any of the other women I have been in some of the same social circles with them so it, it seemed like it was like just an organic you know relationship it wasn't it wasn't too much and that's why like you know I come in and some people are like well you know she she's stating her opinion a lot and I'm like well I'm stating my opinion a lot because I've known some of these women in in a different capacity right and then also because of my personality I came in a very authentic way what's interesting is if I was to be inauthentic it would be for me not to state my opinion because who I am is literally a commentator I I I give my opinion on hard hitting issues not just issues about you know things that are cat fights but like you know things that affect people's everyday lives and their life and death. And so for me, giving my opinion on, on these things seemed like very like simple, like, oh, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with this. Um, but, you know, it seemed like it was organic, just fitting into the group. You know, it was very organic. That's interesting because that's what you do for a living. So why wouldn't you give your opinions with all of these women? So having watched season four <clears throat> and here you are in season five, you know, were you like, okay, cameras are rolling, this is just what I expected? Or were you like, uh, and okay, before the incident, which we will talk about in a second, before that, mm-hmm. were you mm-hmm. just like, okay, this is just what I expected? Or were you like, uh, they say roll and this one's pushing her out of the way to get to the camera, these women are crazy. Like, was it what you expected? <laughs> or were you like, I am in over my head, people? It was, it was, it was intense because I think my first all cast outside of Candace's Denim and Diamonds party, the next time we all met was at Ashley's dinner where we all sit around the table. And that's where I think I got the most memes created of me because my face was just like, like, I, I was like, what is happening? So at that moment, I just realized that these women are not to be messed with and they have a lot going on and it's a bunch of strong dynamic personalities. So I feel like the denim and diamonds was like an easy, you know, but the dinner, whoo, boy, oh boy, that was intense. It was a lot. (laughs) Yes, it was. Did you have, I mean, you know, you have all these degrees, you have what, you know, you have an academic job, you know? like a real job, so to speak, no offense to anyone, (laughs) but like, did you have any like reservations of like, maybe I shouldn't join this cast, like just go to reality TV, like this is going to affect my career, like any of that? Because I mean, that would be natural. Yeah, I think so. I think that for me, I did, you know, I did think of that. Those things did cross my mind. I'll be lying if, you know, I I say it didn't. Um, But I said to myself, I'm going to leave well, authenticity, like this is who I am. And I'm going to be true to myself, to thy own self be true. And whether people like it or love it, you know, that's up to them. But I have to be true to me because as you rightfully said, I have students who are going to watch this. I have, you know, fellow commentators who are going to watch this. And the truth of the matter is 
my personality is truly who I am in the classroom and who I am when I'm giving my commentary. The funniest thing is uh, recently an uh, old clip has resurfaced of myself going against Kaylee McEnany, the current White House press secretary. And it's interesting for now the Bravoverse to see that clip. And people have been sharing it and they're saying, okay, so this is our Wendy. This is, this is why she is the way she is. Her personality with these women are exactly the same as her personality when she's doing her commentary. And so that has been good for those worlds to collide and for people to see, like, this is really her authentic self. It's not like one day I'm like, yes, or no, whoa, whoa. And then the next day I'm like, with these women, no, I'm always like that. And so that's who I am. <laughs> right. That, that, that makes that sense. Makes- what about, I mean, so there's been no, what about people in the like political world that know you from that side of your life? Like, do any of them now say, you know, like you're, you go to do like a real job or give political, are people like, oh, and by the way, you were great last night on the show. Like, is there any of that that happens? Yes. Really? I get that all the time. Um, I get, I get it. Like, yes. Like, you don't know. I mean, I'm sure you would know how many people from all walks of life watch Bravo. Bravo is, is definitely something that is on in people's homes, regardless of their profession or their political persuasion. And it has been so interesting for me to do a segment. We're talking about something serious like election 2020, we wrap up and then someone says, so now tell me again, what's the backstory between Giselle? And so I'm like, oh my God. So it's really, really interesting. <laughs> Are you shocked about that? Like you have this whole career and all these, you know, you have all these things going on. And now there's this whole, even in the other side of your life, like just, this is what people want to talk about. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, it's a, it's, it's a guilty pleasure for a lot of people. And I mean, but it makes sense. Look at me. I'm in the same, you know, arena with them and I'm on the show. So it's, it's something that just humanizes us all. Like at the end of the day, no matter who we are and what we are, we, we still all like, in essence, the same things. And Housewives is one of those things. Totally. So did you feel putting Karen aside for a minute? So you come into this already existing cast where everybody knew each other. Like, did you feel welcomed by everyone? I mean, other than Karen, which we'll get to in a second. Yeah, for the most part, absolutely. No, everyone, everyone was welcoming. Mm -hmm. And you were closest with pretty much, I mean, you didn't really, I mean, you really kind of stayed out of the drama. I mean, you had one little issue with Ashley, over the weekend where she brought baby Dean, (laughs) but you really kind of, you know, you stayed out of it for the most part. Yeah. You know, I did. It's so interesting. I stayed out of it and all I did was just give my opinion when it arose. That's it. But I tried my best. Not really tried my best. Like it just didn't involve me. So I stayed out of it by happenstance. What about, let's talk about Karen because you know, she says she doesn't know you or, you know, she has issues with you or whatever. Like, what do you think Karen's real issue? Because, and then also, you know, she's been saying things like, oh, Wendy's going to find out at the reunion. Wendy's, I mean, I know the reunion's already been filmed, but, you know, at the reunion, it's all going to come out why I don't like Wendy. Yeah, so interesting. And you guys are going to laugh when you guys hear what she says at the reunion. It is the most fifth grade juvenile petty thing you would ever hear in your life for why she doesn't like me you will literally say that 
yourself, David, I lied to you not. You will say, so that is the reason you didn't like her all season was over that. It is so, so, oh my God. I just laugh at it. And, and it's so petty that some of the ladies check her and say, no, that's not the reason you said that you haven't liked her even before she came on the show. So that's like, it was almost like, uh, no, it can't be that. But that's the reason that she gives. And it's like, oh God, it's, it's the funniest thing. For me, it's hilarious. I mean, do you think Karen is like somewhat jealous of you? I think that Karen doesn't understand a woman of, of my pedigree. She comes from a, a, a time and place where women are defined by their husbands. And like she is, you know, she's on the show because of her husband, not because of, you know, anything else. When she joined the show it was because of her husband. I got on the show because of my background and what I bring as an individual. Yes, my husband is an attorney, but I stand on my own outside of my husband. I don't need him, nor do I need his money. I stand on my own. Um, Karen doesn't understand that. She doesn't know what that means to have a status without a husband. And I think that's what the issue is. She doesn't understand that at all. When you think, I mean, we're in 2020, so you would think she would. <laughs> I don't know, but I think it's also interesting because um, I would say, you know, aside from that, I think the bigger issue with Karen is the fact that she, you know, I don't think she's a bad person, but I do feel like she has a sense of wanting to feel um, for me, for people to get her papal blessing in a sense, right? Like mm-hmm. to kiss the ring. And I came in and I didn't feel like I need to do that for her or anyone because we're all girlfriends. I don't know about you, but I don't have any friends that I have to show deference to. And so, you know, she's used to these younger women coming in and wanting to show deference to her. Like, oh, you know, the grand person, I bow down to you. And there's no disrespect. I respect all of the women equally. I don't need to bow down to you. We're women. We should see each other um, eye to eye, toe to toe. And I don't think that she liked that about me. She didn't like the fact that I was okay standing on my own. I didn't need her to take me under her wing. Right. And I mean, the grand dame is self appointed per se, as far as her name goes, <laughs> more or less. <laughs> what about, cause listen, I mean, this is not your typical, so, I mean, this is not your typical housewife season. I mean, there's not physical altercations that happen on most housewife seasons. So mm-hmm. like for you having mm-hmm. never really watched it, I mean, you watched New York and that you already filmed this, you know, were you like, mm-hmm what was going through your mind when this was happening? I mean, were you just like, what the hell? Yeah, that was my response. After it happened, I think there's a shot of me going like this. And I was just like, what just happened? Like, this is insane. Like, is this happening right now? There was a time where I thought it was a dream, but um, I couldn't believe it happened. I couldn't believe it escalated so quickly. You know, um, these women have, gotten into each other have gotten at each other you know been catty before like that's nothing new again you know I'm watching season three now and you know I've seen them you know just going at it and it never resulted in a physical altercation so I never thought 
I never thought that would happen. I didn't, I, I did not come into this. How about this? I did not come into this even thinking that would be a possibility. I thought, oh God, they're going to get into like a verbal squirrel or something like that. And it may, you know, and I don't want to get into that. The physicality of it was never on the table for me when I was considering joining the show. So when it happened, I just literally had to take a moment for myself because that's not what I condone or that's not what I'm about. Did you have questions like, you know, to the other castmates, like, is this normal? You know what I mean? Like, is this, like, is anyone else shocked? Or was it obvious to you that like, this is not the norm? Like, or was that, did that ever go through your mind? No, I think everybody reacted like, this is not the norm. Yeah. No, no. I think everyone was like, this is not the norm. I think there was a hot mic moment when I was standing there and I said to the ladies around me and I said, I didn't sign up for this, you know? Um, I said it. I didn't sign up for this. When I signed up for the show, this is not what I signed up for. We can get messy. We can do fun shade. But this right here is not what I signed up for. And when I said that at that moment, um, a few of the ladies responded, this is not what I signed up for either. So it's very clear that that's not what we wanted. Yeah. Did you ever think of like resigning right there and then like the next day like did anything like that ever you know or like once you talked to Eddie was he like uh what type of environment are you going to work in every day yeah I think it all gave us positive I think it all gave us time to really think about our role on the show you know I know um I definitely stopped and thought long and hard and sent a text to one of the executives like you know, I need to have a conversation because again, this is not what, this is not what I signed up for. Um, and I don't think that that is an isolated incident to me. I think we all, we all did that. Everyone was just like, whoa. Yeah. And then was any part of you like, okay, well, you know, this is going to be seen by the world and, Mm-hmm. Again, like I go back to your career, like maybe I'm mm-hmm. making a bigger deal out of it than it is. But, you know, yeah. like was any of that, like, I can't believe this is going to be seen. I mean, you weren't in it. You didn't do anything wrong, but just like, I have a job I have to go to. And how is this now? Is this or nothing like that? You just were like, I didn't do this. I thought about, yeah, I thought about that. But I think for me, one of my even initial reactions were, are the women okay too? You know, it was a physical altercation. You know, I, I, I'm a mom. So unfortunately for moms, a lot of times we put ourselves last. So I, I, I feel like those feelings of thinking my career stuff came a little bit later, but I know I was like right in the thick of it, trying to break it up, you know? And so those were my first initial thoughts were like, were people okay? I mean, this isn't, this wasn't just a, 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 a a drink being thrown, like there was blood, like there was blood, there was broken glass, like there were punches, like it wasn't just someone pulling the hair, it was like punches being thrown. It was pretty intense. I I will say this, I feel like watching it as a viewer is a lot different than being there. What we witnessed was a lot more intense, and I'm not saying that they edited it in a different way. What I'm saying is that the intensity level was 50 times more being there than just watching it. That makes sense. That makes, that makes sense. And it went on for a while, right? Because I, I spoke yes. to Candace yesterday and she said they didn't really cut any of it. Like they really pretty much mm-hmm. showed it all. Yeah. 
So did any, so did any part of you then think like, once you realized everyone was okay, like, did any part of you think like, I'm not finishing the season, like I'm quitting or that never crossed your mind? (laughs) No, I need to have a conversation and the conversation I did have, I needed to have a conversation to say, maybe I'm unclear, but this is not what I signed up for. If that makes sense, right? Like it has nothing to do with the women. Like they can do what they want to do, but I'm talking about Wendy Osefo. Like we need to have a very clear conversation about, you know, what's going on and and how we are moving forward. That's good. What about, you know, were you shocked at like Karen and then even, I guess, Ashley in a sense that it was, you know, that Karen, it wasn't very clear where her loyalties lied and, you know, like, just were you shocked that in any way, shape or form, you know, and I guess a bigger question too, is like, I don't know, you know, there was a lot of social media, everyone has an opinion, you know, there was a lot online and a lot of articles and everything of like, well, Candace provoked, Candace provoked. I mean, you guys even kind of talked about it. Like, were you shocked at that aspect of it in the world and with your own cast? It's interesting how we used, yeah, you know, honestly, I took my position because that's how I felt. I took my position because I feel as though at the end of the day, no matter what, we are all adults. We start in our 30s. Some of us are in our 50s. Nothing should result in physical violence at this juncture in our lives. That's my opinion. You know, we are not in elementary school. We are women who have children who are married, nothing should result in this. And so that was my stance. My stance was just, no, I don't agree with this. Um, Whether Karen thought that she, you know, was trying, I don't, honestly, I don't, maybe because it's the end of the season, I don't care about Karen. Um, (laughs) Not in a bad way, but if she decides that that is her position, let that be your position, but respect my position. My position is I don't agree with it. If your position is that, then let it be that. And it is what it is. Um, but I just I just don't agree with that. I, I would agree. You know, are you happy that, you know, to that point, it's the end of the season, you don't have to see Karen until maybe next season? <laughs> no, you know, honestly, I don't necessarily really have a problem with her um to be to be quite honest with you uh i just but yes i am happy it's the end of the season <laughs> does any well monique let's go to monique for a minute you know i mean i'm a lawyer you're very highly educated like i mean we'll see what happens after the reunion usually find out about the next season like how could monique have a job after this you know, that, that's, that's, that's an interesting question when I do not have the answer to, um, because unfortunately I am on the totem pole is above my pay grade. That's why when there was conversation saying that they're trying to kick off the show, I don't have that power. And if they, the other ladies do, that's them. I'm the newbie here. I have no idea what's going on, who, who makes those decisions, but I know it's not me, right? Um, but it's interesting because you said, and you're a housewife aficionado, so I would love to hear this from you. You know, you just mentioned social media where everyone has an opinion. On social media, there was a lot of people who said, 
Monique is right. If, if somebody comes for you, you know, you come, you know, you beat them down. I heard that multiple times. I heard people say that on social media. So is, is, is the, is the overwhelming consensus that Monique is right? And if people overwhelmingly think that she is, then, Hey, she'll probably be back. Right. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't know those things, but I don't know how this housewives politics work. Yeah. I just know it's above my pay grade. (laughs) No, I mean, I, yeah, there's a lot of people online which were saying that about Monique, that there's nothing wrong. Well, you know, there's things wrong with what she did, but there's a lot of people Mm -hmm. that are quote unquote team Monique. Mm -hmm. My prediction is she's not coming back. But again, I've made predictions that are wrong too, even though I'm a- Really? Even though I'm a housewife's aficionado, as you say, I don't know. I you just, are. I just think, despite the fact that two lawsuits were thrown out, that has nothing to do with Bravo. And if it's really like the footage is really analyzed and one person uses hands first, I don't know. I think that you can't keep your job after that. That's my opinion. Mm. Whether the person is the star of the show, I'm not saying Monique is, I'm just saying- I think that transcends. Mm-hmm, you could mm-hmm. be like the number one, Karen, Giselle, whoever it mm-hmm. is. I think if it's that clear cut that mm-hmm. you don't have a job. You do press. I mean, mm-hmm. no, one t- no one will ever tell you now during this season. Mm-hmm. But I mm-hmm. think like whether the women want to film with you or not, I just think from a Bravo corporate point of view, you don't have a job. And I don't think you can come back from that. That's just my opinion. Mm, but, that's really interesting I, and I, res- I, I respect that because you know this more than I do um, but I've just heard so much it's, it's so interesting because you know I'm in it and I feel like I'm hearing the chorus you know the cacophony of all this noise and I don't know what's real what's not and everybody's saying well this has happened before and people have had their hair pulled before and I'm just hearing so much stuff and I'm like I'm inundated with all this stuff and I don't know what's go- going to happen but it's interesting Interesting to hear that from someone who's on the outside looking in, you know, of sound mind, you know, <laughs> I say that because, you know, sometimes on the internet, it's like people are just chirping. Um, totally. But it's really interesting to hear that. And I mean, I think all the team Monique and I think the internet could spend all day saying how much they don't want Monique to go. But I don't think that matters to Bravo. Like, I just think no matter what's said, mm. popular, not popular, who's right, who's wrong, according to each person, I personally don't think it matters to Bravo when it comes to something like that. Mm. And I do think there's been situations in the past, but I think we're in a different situation now. Like, other people have been let go for things. I just think Bravo's mm. more like conscious these days about ah. what, like the atmosphere of the world and what's mm. going on. So I could be wrong. Mm. In three weeks, mm. Wendy, you could say, God, I thought he was so great, but he didn't know what the hell he was talking about. <laughs> but that <laughs> is just my prediction. Okay. That is just my prediction. And then, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. but so let's just say Monique is back. Would you personally, mm-hmm. I'm not asking anything about the girls or what's going on. Like, would you personally have, mm-hmm. would you go to work and film with her? I have no, I mean, I have, honestly, we're all here to do our job and I, I am not in, in the habit of um, putting more on my responsibility 
that exceeds my pay grade, meaning like, like if that is what they ask us to do, then sure. You know, like it's, it's fine with me. I don't know Monique. We don't, when I say that, I say that in a way, if you guys pay attention, the fight happened like my, my sixth time meeting her. I never had a one-on-one scene with Monique. I, you know, we didn't have that. So it's like, I really don't know her as a cast member. You know, our relationship does not exist. We don't have have a relationship so i mean it's fine if that's what they want to do and they want us to go have crumpets and tea then we'll have crumpets and tea and we'll talk about what we need to talk about um but you know it, it is what it is and no part of you thinks like okay this physical altercation happened i didn't sign up i mean you've already had that conversation there's mm-hmm. no question like if they ask wendy back which i think they're going to ask you back i would say 99 percent sure you're in the clear like you're going <laughs> like you're going back like this hasn't like derailed you like that conversation's already been had the season's over Uh, you know what i i i i I, this is my answer for that i just want to watch the reunion like i I feel like i'm still in the thick of it i don't know like it's so weird for me like what the the advice that no one has ever given me was it's one thing to film the season it's another thing to watch it it is a whole nother thing to watch this thing and so I say that to say I just need to watch these last three episodes to wrap my mind around everything because you know it's been a lot that I wasn't privy to because I was in those scenes so yeah let me let me get through the season (laughs) were you shocked like before the reunion as you watched this season was it like was it worse for you to watch it back or were you just like no I mean I was there for most of it this is it was. No, it was worse. It was worse to watch it back. Hands down. Watching the season is, watching, okay, I'll say this. Ooh, here we go. Watching the season is emotionally harder than filming the season. Filming the season is physically harder. Does that make sense? It's grueling. Filming yeah. the season, it takes a lot, a lot of hours. But what, and I didn't have any real, like, outside of the altercation between Candace and Monique, I really didn't have, like, an emotional anything while we were filming it, you know? But watching it is an emotional roller coaster that no one prepares you for. And that has been the surprising part for me. Filming it, I was emotionally drained. I just had a new baby. I was tired. We have long hours. I mean, our filming schedule is so rigorous, you know, going to, you know, um, Portugal. And then those, as soon as we land, we start filming. Like it's, it's nonstop. Um, But yeah, it has been a different monster to watch it. And then when you were at the reunion, to your point, like you weren't privy to certain conversations, were you like shocked? Did anyone give you the, like, like, did anyone give you reunion advice of like, uh, bring your boxing gloves, like whatever you think the season was, this is it. This is, this is like something you've never seen before. Not really, but it was it was so intense for me. It was so intense. It was the most intense. I know Andy said 11 hours. It was actually more like 14 because our call time was like three hours before we started filming. So it was like a 14 hour day and it was so intense. Like it was, I mean, imagine like you guys just watched the season finale, the season finale, there was like Christmas music playing. We are literally a year to the date of filming that. Imagine some, all of us not being in the same room together for a year because our original 
premiere date got pushed back, I think this is the longest that some the ladies have been apart. And so a year of like internet stuff, social media stuff, watching the season, just so much harbored feelings. When I tell you it was so intense, like my goodness, it was intense. What shocked you about the reunion the most? Like one person, I mean, rumor is Giselle gets it, which kind of shocks me, but rumor is Giselle is kind of the one that gets beat up the most at the reunion. She got it. She got it. And that shocked me. I, I, I walked away thinking that, huh, I thought that it would be more so Candace and Monique, right? Because they haven't seen each other and there was a physical altercation. No, Giselle got it hard. Like to the point that I just was sitting back and I was like, is this really happening? It was a lot. It was intense. Does any part of you, because this is how my mind works. Like you asked, you said like with Denise Richards, like, has it always been Denise? No, like things change from one season to the Mm. next. Like look at Potomac season Mm. four to season five. Does any part Mm. of you say, well, this physical altercation, although you would not wish this upon anyone or none of us would but this really took over the Mm. whole season it did i mean you know there were side storylines but this was Mm. the season this Mm -hmm. is what everyone's going to talk about is there Mm -hmm. any part of you if you Mm -hmm. go back to for next season that's like oh like it might be me like it was giselle at the reunion like i I don't know why (laughs) but does any part of you say like there's no physical altercation out that's not going to happen again so i mean somehow it might be you Absolutely. And I think you have to know that I was about to use an analogy, but it's such a terrible analogy. I'm not going to use it, but you have to know that that is what you signed up for, right? Like, that's what I mean. Like we didn't sign up for a physical altercation, but I have to come into this knowing season six, guess what? It could be all guns a blazing against you. And you have to be okay with that because that is what we signed up for. Um, it's And the analogy I was going to use is like, it's sort of like, you know, a gangster saying, man, am I going to get arrested today? Yeah, you could because you're engaging in criminality, right? This may be your day where you get locked up. And I think every single housewife, you have to know that one day is going to be you. And that is the only thing that is guaranteed on this platform is that if you stay around long enough, one day it will be you. See, you, you get it. Like you're, you, you get it, but that's what it is. But I also think, I mean, that's my advice. Like, I think that's a great attitude to have. And I think your other thing, what you said about Monique, like if they want you to go film with Monique and have teen crumpets, okay. To me, that's the best way to like, just stay sane is like, it's a job and you can have drama when you're there filming, but then like you go back to your real life. Like that's how I would play it if it were me. Mm -hmm. I would just be like, honey, Mm -hmm. as long as that check is in that bank and I wake up (laughs) and it's cleared, uh, you can say what you want to me, but that's not what happens. It's like the show plays out outside Mm -hmm. of the show. The real show is on social media. So like, did you, you know? That's the thing. That's the thing. Oh my God, you just hit the nail on the head. So that's the thing. That is my biggest takeaway from the season is exactly what you said is like, I feel like even though she got a hard, a good person for me who does their job, if we look at this as a job, is Giselle and Ashley. 
those two people do their job. Some of the other women, and I'm not saying the ones I didn't name don't do their job, but I'm just saying as far as if I could have a textbook example of someone, okay, one, two, three, ready to film, like they do their job and it doesn't carry out on social media. I'm not getting paid for that. I do my job. What did you say? I'm going to stir the pot. I'm going to be messy. They do it and they do it well. Right. And then when the cameras aren't rolling, it's you go back to your life. And if you want to say five things about me on your Instagram and throw me under the bus, by all means, go ahead. I don't care because yes. I'm just, I just give me my check and I got a life over here. It's, <laughs> yes. it's like when it goes to social media that you then, that's when people just go psycho. And they, it's just, yes. that's... That's, that's what I don't get. That's why I, I think that that's what I don't understand is, and it's maybe it's not for me to understand. I feel like you go into this housewife universe and people react differently to it. It, it. it touches people's lives in a different way. Some people are able to separate reality from their, you know, reality of their life. Right. But some people, this, this consumes them and and that's interesting to see those dynamics play out as well. It's interesting because to me, it's like you had a full life or even if you didn't have a full life, you still had a life before this. <laughs> and the statistics, right. if you watch, the statistics are there is an end date and an expiration date for everybody. So one day, that, that's, mm-hmm. the, that's the other. If you want my advice, not that you're here for mm-hmm. my advice, my other advice is I am. just, Told- my other Please. advice is like, It's going to end for everyone. So from things that I see, it's like when it ends for certain people and they're so shocked that it's them, that they're the one that gets let go. It's like, Mm -hmm. but you've been on a cast where like other big names or whatever have been let go. So like what in you Mm -hmm. thinks that you are the special sauce, that you are above it all because five superstars have been let go on your particular franchise. So anyone is capable of being let go. Mm. So like, to me, it's like when certain people get Mm. let go, they're shocked. It's like, and to me, it's like, this was obviously your last season. I I, could have told you that, you know, like (laughs) how could you not have seen that? So it's like, it's shocking to me that somewhere (laughs) along the line, I don't know if it's season five, season nine, but people just this, it takes over and they forget that like, you're not the special one. Like everybody is going to lose this job eventually. Though mm. so I just think like, if it were me, mm. I'd be like, okay, well, I've expected this for five years. Like it took you long enough. Like, thanks for the, the time. That would just be me. <laughs> but it never is. Everyone is always like shocked. And then that's just my opinion that that's just my opinion. So mm. But I think it takes over and I think it blurs the lines and they think that this is just like, this becomes your life. Like you forget the lines blur. It's very, I'm telling you, it's a very, if you're into like history and sociology, like it's a whole thing that could, it's just an interesting experiment. What about also- Oh my gosh, I love it. This is so fascinating. And I mean, this is just my other pet peeve is like the amount of people that left the franchise on their own is very slim. So mm. when everyone leaves, I mean, I don't know what goes on. Mm. But like you said, this is above my pay grade. I think Bravo is very respectable. <laughs> they let they let people put out their own statement. If it were me, I would just say like, mm. 
I got fired. I wanted to come back. They fired me. <laughs> I've been fired from other jobs. Like, I don't know why. It's like when you start to say, like, I left. And, and then, like, months later, there's a whole, like, uncovering. And people are talking about it for six months. And then you just, it's just weird. Just say it and, like, move on. That's just my advice also. Right. Right. What yeah. about, so hopefully, <laughs> hopefully maybe you got something out of our little chat here today, Wendy. I did. I did. I did. What about before we wrap up? I just I want to it. say, what about when like, like the voiceover of like Giselle says like, you know, we as black women never thought we would get, we would be here, you know, before we wrap up, mm-hmm. like how was that, you know, like you were part of this season. Like what were your feelings on that? Where mm-hmm. you're like, we have bigger issues to deal with here. You know, and this is now being seen on national TV. Like, was that a concern for you? Um, it, it's interesting because I feel like, you know, black women, white women, all of us have the right to be able to express our emotions and feelings to the same degree as everyone else. Um, I just think that when Giselle made that comment, she was just talking about some of the stereotypes, negative stereotypes that have been associated with women of color, you know? Um, But none of us are void of flaws. You know, I'm sure each of us in our own way may have done some things to perpetuate those stereotypes. I just think that for her, everyone has their own tipping point and maybe the physical altercation was the tipping point for her where I was like, no, we can't do that. So, um, it was really, uh, it was a trying time for all of us, but I'm glad that we all came out of it. I think, I think that maybe I could speak for everyone. This finale, we all were able to breathe a sigh of relief, um, because it was a hard season. Um, it really changed the dynamics in all of our relationships in interesting ways. And I just hope we can all move forward from it. You know, I hope so too. And before we wrap up, last question. So as people go on in Housewives, everyone has something. Giselle has a book. Robin now has her embellished hats. Candace has her music. We all know Karen has La Dame and now she has her bras and everything. Like if this goes on for you two, three, five years plus, uh-huh. are we going to see like a Wendy single? Are we going to see a Wendy product? Like, is there, like, have you already thought about what, what your side hustle is going to be? Yes, that's that's a great question. Um, I don't know if you guys will see me singing because I can't carry a tune, but I will definitely have a Wendy product. Definitely. That that will be, that's your exclusive. I will come out with something because, I mean, why not? Everyone has done it. All, all the beautiful housewives before me have done it. So why break that long, amazing history? And I want something to put into the Bravo con on Housewives Museum. So I need to create something. <laughs> you, you need to make it to BravoCon. You missed, you I missed heard it a was great amazing. time. Hopefully there'll be one next year. I heard it was amazing. Okay. Is there anything, is there anything like you want to leave us with like that? I, a, I didn't bring up here today. Or is there anything like you feel like wasn't represented of you on the show? You know, because this did take over this whole altercation like do you feel like something wasn't seen about you that should have been like do we know wendy or are we just tell us no i i think you guys don't know wendy i think you guys got to know wendy the very surface level of me meaning like you guys know my you know academic achievements and those things but you know that's not those are things i've done but that's not who i am and i'm looking forward 
to the viewers, getting to know who Wendy is, you know, like outside of all that stuff, who am I at my core? And I can't wait to share that with you guys. I can't wait to see it. And that's why you're coming back because we've just begun to scratch the surface. (laughs) So where can everyone find you online? You can find me on all social media platforms at Wendy Osefo. Did you ever get any of the, cause I don't think, again, I don't think you really got into it. Like, did you get a lot of like the online hate? Like, did you, did you fall into that? Like, do you get a lot of it? And were you able to rise above it? Cause I feel like you could do all the right things. You still get some of it. Or did you go down that rabbit hole? Really? Okay. Yeah. I got, I got a lot of the, yeah, I got, I got lots of online hate. Um, I don't know if it's for being a newbie or for um, speaking out against someone who's considered, you know, a favorite of the show. But I would say, you know, having my background, I've gotten hate before, just given my own political opinions. So as par for the course, I don't take it with a grain of salt. And, you know, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. That's it. <laughs> totally. So you never really went there and like, let it go screw with your head. No, it can though. I'll say that it can, it easily can. When you have so many people saying things about you, it can, but you have to be able to jump in and out. You can't consume that stuff. You know, we are what we consume, whether that's food or whether that's what we read or whether that's what we hear. So you can't consume it. You have to stay positive. Totally. Well, everyone needs to follow you. I appreciate you taking Uh your time. We will keep in touch. I will say hi on Instagram. And I can't wait to get to know you next season. We'll keep in touch and you'll definitely come back on. Oh, absolutely. Thank you, David. Anytime. Thanks, Wendy. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind The Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me, and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.